Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Comedy podcast. Welcome to episode fourteen of season three of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin met in 1945 and debuted as a comedy act on July 25, 1946 at Atlantic City's 500 Club. Their career as a team lasted exactly 10 years to the day. In 1949, their radio show, The Martin and Lewis Show, began and after a somewhat rocky start, was voted favorite radio comedy show in a 1952 magazine poll. The show was the main contributor to the launching of both Lewis and Martin's careers and led to several films and live tours together but the relationship suffered. Martin was often called the lesser talented of the duo, and he was tiring of playing the colorless romantic lead while Lewis received higher praise for his comic roles. When a magazine cover of the duo cropped Martin out of the photo, it was the final straw, and they stopped speaking to each other except during their performances. The radio show ended in 1953, and their final live performance was in 1956, the same year their final film together was released. Neither spoke to each other for 20 years after that although their individual careers reached new heights. They finally reconciled in 1976. Now sit back and enjoy the May 1st and May 8th, 1949 broadcasts of The Martin and Lewis Show. It's The Martin and Lewis Show! The National Broadcasting Company brings you, transcribed from New York, The Martin and Lewis Show. Our guest tonight, Madeline Carroll, and featuring Flo McMichael, Ed Hurley, Dick Stabile and his orchestra, and starring Dean Martin. I love you so much, it hurts me, darling, that's why I'm so blue. And Jerry Lewis. I love you so much. It hurts me. <laughs> Jerry, now what's the matter with it? Do you have to sing that way? Isn't it enough that you're skinny and you have a funny-looking hair and face? Well, if I'm so skinny and everything, why do you work with me? Well, you make such a wonderful pipe cleaner. <laughs> Jerry, isn't it great to be here in New York this season? What do you, what do you mean? Well, don't you feel something in the air? Well, No. I can't say that I feel anything in the air right now, but I felt something in the air yesterday. You did? Yeah, a guy dropped his lunchbox off the elevator and hit me on the head. <laughs> Jerry, I'm referring to the season. So am I. The salt and pepper shakers hit me on the head, too. When you were out in the sunshine, didn't a warm feeling creep all over you? Yeah, the cork came out of his coffee bottle. <laughs> Jerry, how am I ever going to get through to that brain of yours? It's simple. You turn left to Jersey City and keep going. <laughs> You know, Jerry, now that, now that we're here in New York, uh, you should dress more conservatively. I think I'm dressed conservatively. Jerry, look at that hand-painted tie with a picture of a fella chasing a girl in a bathing suit. You call that conservative? Sure. They're married. <laughs> All right, Jerry. Now, do you mind if I sing? Uh, I got a number to do right here, you know. I was born in Texas, I was bred in Kansas When I get married, I'll be wed in Kansas There's a true blue gal who promised she would wait She's a sunflower from the sunflower state She's a sunflower, she's my sunflower and I know we'll never part She's a sunflower She's my one flower She's the flower of my heart I was fair in Kansas Clouds are rare in Kansas Never saw a place that could compare with Kansas So I'm going home To keep a wedding date 
with a sunflower from the sunflower state. She's a sunflower, she's my sunflower, and I know we'll never part. She's a sunflower, she's my one flower, she's the flower of my heart. That was real swell singing. I think your voice is even better since we came east. Well, thanks, Jerry. No, I mean it, Dean. I, I think it really sounds good. Well, that's very nice of you, Jerry. And, and now, ladies and gentlemen... No, it makes me proud to have a partner who can sing so good. All right, Jerry, you said it now. Let it go at that. Oh, so you're getting sore. I pay you a nice compliment. You won't even admit that I think you sing good. All right, Jerry, I sing good. I admit it. I'm terrific. I'm wonderful. Everything. Are you satisfied now? Oh, what a ham. <laughs> But, Jerry, stop clowning. Instead of arguing, let's enjoy ourselves here in New York. Eh? Hello, Mr. Martin. Hello, Mr. Lewis. Well, it's our secretary, Florence. How do you like New York, Florence? Well, I'm not sure yet. I've only had a day to look around. Well, we arrived here a week ago. How come you've only had one day to look around? Nobody told me to get off the train. <laughs> Florence, you don't mean that when the train got into Grand Central, you stayed on it for a whole week? I never heard of anyone doing anything so, uh, flighty. If it was me you were talking to, you'd say stupid. <laughs> Haven't you seen any of the city yet, Florence? Oh, yeah. Yesterday, I spent the whole day just going up and looking at the view from the top of the Empire State Building. Well, you must have loved it up there. Oh, I was just up there a few minutes. But you said you spent the whole day. I did. It's quite a climb, you know. <laughs> well, if you walked all the way to the top, I certainly hope the view was worth it. So do I. You hoped the view was worth it, don't you know? No, I was afraid to open my eyes. Lawrence. What? Are you for real? Well, I, I just hope you have a lot of fun here, Florence. Oh, I will. But things are so complicated in New York. Mr. Lewis took me to the funniest hot dog stand. Funny hot dog stand? Where is it? I don't know exactly, but it's called Yankee Stadium. <laughs> you went to Yankee Stadium? Oh, then you saw a baseball game. I did? <laughs> you mean you didn't know what was going on? Jerry, why didn't you explain it to her? Oh, Mr. Lewis explained the whole thing to me. I sure did, Dean. Well, that's why I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> uh, tell me, Mr. Lewis, who was that man with the iron mask on his face who crouched down behind the batter? Oh, that, that's the catcher. He has to wear that iron mask or else the baseballs would smash his face out of shape. Oh, I see. Yeah, I know all about that stuff. I used to be a catcher myself. You were? Oh, Mr. Lewis, why didn't you wear a mask? <laughs> I couldn't afford a real mask. So I put a birdcage over my head. Well, that should have been all right. Yeah, but just as the pitcher threw the ball, the canary flew out and left the door open. <laughs> anyway, Florence, you had fun going to the Yankee Stadium with me, didn't you? Oh, yes, but I hated the woman sitting next to me. She was wearing the same hat I was. I didn't think you even saw that woman's hat. You were so busy eating those ten hot dogs I bought for you. Oh, I didn't eat them. I just squeezed all the mustard on her hat when she wasn't looking. <laughs> Well, I didn't know you had a crush on Flo, Jerry. You didn't? No, I didn't. Well, I like Florence, but, but I have a problem. Well, what is it? Pray tell. <laughs> well, I keep asking myself this. Can a man who has had a Tinker Toy set for 23 years find happiness with girls? <laughs> you know, Jerry, you ought to see a psychiatrist and get straightened out. How, how, how did you get all those kinks in your brain anyway? I gave my hair a Tony Cold Wave and it sank through. <laughs> Jerry's very sweet, Mr. Martin. Yesterday, he took me to one of those swanky stores on Park Avenue to buy me some perfume. But I couldn't find anything I liked. All I had was surrender, passion, taboo. The perfume I wanted was my sin. Why do you want my sin? Well, with that kind, they give you free judo lessons. <laughs> so long, Florence. We'll see you later. So long, Florence. <laughs> You know, Dean, I may have another date with her Well, it's the right time of year for romance, Jerry People in love, birds, bees Oh, I know all about that My father told me about the birds and bees for years before I had my first date And what happened? 
I got stung. <laughs> but I know all that birds and bees stuff, Dean. I speak the language of the bees. I can even understand what they are saying. Why, only this afternoon I was in a park listening to a couple of them having a conversation. Oh, Jerry, please. No, I'm not kidding. I was sitting on a bench, and this bee came along and went... Zzz. Pretty soon, a boy bee came along and went... Zzz, zzz. And then the girl bee went... Zzz, and the boy bee went... Zzz. And then suddenly... What in the world was that last... Her husband showed up. Friends, are you saving for a rainy day? The best people are doing it, so it must be a good thing. It must pay off. Especially when your emergency money is invested in United States savings bonds. Savings bonds issued by our own government and as safe as our government. They're the best place of all for your savings because United States savings bonds make your money grow and grow. In only 10 years, every $3 you put away grow into $4. And every $300, $400. And maybe you didn't know it, but you don't have to save a whole savings bond all at once. No, sir. You can join either of the two time payment plans. If you're employed, join the payroll savings plan where you work. If you're in business for yourself, you're a builder or farmer or painting contractor, join the bond-a-month plan where you bank. For future security, save in United States savings bonds. Well, you know, Jerry, we have a lovely guest on our show tonight, the famous stage and screen star Madeline Carroll. Yeah, Madeline Carroll. Oh, boy, wow. Look, never mind about that oh, boy, wow stuff. When she gets here, I want you to be, uh, you know, on your best behavior. Oh, I will, Dean. Gee, Madeline Carroll. She's a glamorous, beautiful movie star. She wouldn't wipe her feet on me. Oh, after she gets to know you, I'm sure she will. <laughs> Gee, I can hardly wait for her to get here, Dean, because you know what? What? Well, when we left Paramount, Bob Hope asked me to give Madeline a kiss for him. Jerry, that's just a figure of speech. Yeah, and her figure's something to make speeches about. <laughs> Jerry, you don't understand. Bob Hope didn't mean for you to actually kiss Madeline. He just meant to say hello to her. Only a moron would interpret it otherwise. Well, me, Jerry Lewis, boy, otherwise. <laughs> I don't know why we're even discussing it. In the first place, you don't know how to kiss a girl. I do, too. I've been kissing girls since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. Of course, I kissed a lot of grasshoppers, too. <laughs> Ah, that's just schoolboy stuff. Now, the way to kiss a girl... Well, uh, you, uh, you take her in your arms, you lean her back a little, and say something soft and sweet to her. You whisper, darling, and then you kiss her. Oh, Dean, I'm so unworthy of you. <laughs> now, Madeline will be here in a moment, Jerry, and I want you to be very polite to her. Just say, Madeline... I'm charmed to meet you, and, you know... Go ahead, now say it. Let me hear you say it. Madeline, I'm charmed to meet you. <laughs> now, here, 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 watch now. Say, say, say it again. I just want to hear you say it again. Madeline, I'm charmed to meet you. <laughs> That's right. Now, here she comes. Hello, Dean. <laughs> well, hello, Madeline. Step right in here. I've got a little surprise for you. All right, Jerry, say it. Madeline, I'm charmed to meet you. <laughs> oh, Dean, how cute. Where did you get it, and how do you wind it up? <laughs> Look, Miss Carroll, I'm Jerry Lewis. You don't wind me up. I'm a person. Nobody winds me up. Hello, Jerry. My, you're cute. Yeah? Oh, very cute. Yeah? You know, Jerry, you appeal to me very much. Well, Jerry, don't say something. Madeline, I'm charmed to meet you. <laughs> Is Jerry always this uh, excited, Dean? Well, he's naturally nervous, Madeline. You know, when jitters wake up after a bad night, they have Jerry. <laughs> they have Jerry. I wish they had that joke. That's nothing wrong with the joke, Dean. The audience didn't understand. I'll explain it to them. You're going to explain this whole joke? Yeah, you see, when you I wake up... I want to wish and... you a lot of luck. Oh, thanks. You see, when you, make, when you make a joke like Jitters sees Jerry, that means it's the reverse. Usually the person sees the Jitters. But I'm supposed to be such a joke and everything that, that the Jitters saw me. See, this is a form of a joke that Dean always says, and when people hear it, they scream and laugh. It's so funny and everything. All right, so I made a boo-boo. 
Ah, quiet, Jerry. You know, you're very beautiful, Madeline. You have such lovely blonde hair. Thank you, Dean. And for your information, my hair is naturally blonde. It is? Ah, <laughs> oh, stop with the jokes, Jerry. I want to tell Madeline we really appreciate her coming over tonight. You must be pretty busy working in your play, Goodbye, My Fancy. Goodbye, My Fancy? What does that mean? Well, Jerry, in the play, I'm a girl who has clothed herself in a lot of pretty, fanciful illusions, and I lose them. You lose your pretty illusions right on the stage? <laughs> Jerry, look. You'll have to excuse Jerry, Madeline. He's very tired tonight. He got into a fight with his animal crackers, and he lost. <laughs> you know, Jerry, I'm beginning to think you're very young. It's just spring, Madeline. Wild, mad spring. Oh, sweet Madeline, tell me that you care. I do care, Gerald, with all my heart. Then come, my loved one. <laughs> Let us go off into the woodlands. We'll take our shoes off and tiptoe through the flowers. Jerry, you don't take a girl tiptoeing through the flowers. Nobody does that. I do, but I'm only 23 years old. What do I know? <laughs> Hey, Madeline, that reminds me. I got something for you from Bob Hope. Wonderful, Jerry. What is it? Gee, what do I do now? <laughs> Jerry, if you've got something for me from Bob Hope, I want to know what it is. Perhaps I can guess what it is. Let me see now. Does it have the rare, delicate scent of violets? No. No, it doesn't have the scent of violets. Of course, once in a while, I choose scent scent. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it something wonderful that I'll dream about at night? Yeah, it's pretty wonderful. <laughs> I give up, Jerry. What is it? Well, Madeline, when we left Hollywood, Bob Hope told me to give you a kiss for him. A kiss? Yes. That's why Jerry's all upset. He wants to kiss you and deliver Bob's message. I see. By any chance, Dean, did Mr. Hope give you any message for me? No, he didn't. Well, a girl has to lose once in a while. <laughs> well, come on, Madeline. Pucker up. I am ready. But, Jerry, that's ridiculous. You're, you're kissing Madeline Carroll wouldn't be anything like Bob Hope kissing her. Why not? Well, Jerry, if you kiss me, it's just another kiss. But with Bob's nose, he can kiss me and breathe in my ear at the same time. <laughs> when you try my technique, the last girl I kissed said murder. <laughs> Maybe that's what she preferred. <laughs> Is that so? Listen here, after they kiss me, they're willing to die. I bet Madeline's gonna love this Well, I must tell you, you're up against some real competition, Jerry You see, when Charles Boyer kisses me, I think of the Casper Mysterious, exotic And when Turin Bay kisses me, I think of a harem Draped in silks and sweet incense-laden air And when Robert Taylor kisses me, I think of champagne, evening clothes and sables, Monte Carlo And now you want to kiss me Yeah I hope you like Coney Island <laughs> Well, go ahead, Madeline. He'll hound you all night if you don't kiss him. Well, all right, Jerry. I'm ready. Okay, here goes. <laughs> well, how is that? You know something? Coney Island isn't so bad. <laughs> Madeline, uh, Madeline, after Dean sings, we're going to do a little skit on what happens in spring and how boys meet girls. Would you like to help us out? I'd love to, Jerry. Okay, Dean, hurry up and sing. Bye. Bye. Dean Martin sings, accompanied by Dick Stabile in the orchestra, Dreamer with a Penny. I'd rather be a dreamer with a penny than a rich man with a worried mind. Here am I with wealth untold. The moonlight is my silver, the sunshine is my gold. I'd rather have. A shanty filled with laughter and a palace 
someone's tears design Lady Luck and I keep walking hand in glove Got a gal who loves me for nothing but my love I'd rather be a dreamer with a penny than a rich man with a worried mind I'd rather a shanty filled with laughter than a palace Someone's tears design Lady Luck and I keep walking hand in glove Got a gal who loves me for nothing but my love I'd rather be a dreamer with a penny than a rich man with a worried mind. United States savings bonds, the best place of all for your savings because United States savings bonds make your money grow and grow. In only ten years, every three dollars you put away grow into four dollars, and every three hundred, four hundred. And maybe you didn't know it, but you don't have to save a whole savings bond all at once, no sir. You can join either of the two time payment plans. If you're employed, join the payroll savings plan where you work. If you're in business for yourself, you're a builder or farmer or painting contractor, join the bond-a-month plan where you bank. For future security, save in United States savings bonds. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Madeline, Dean, and I are going to show you some of the problems of young love in spring. In our first scene, we find an unhappy young man entering the office of that famous lovelorn editor, Miss Beatrice Madeline Carroll Fairfax. <laughs> Pardon me, are you Miss Fairfax? Yes. I have a big problem. I can't get girls. I can't understand it. I'm clever and witty and brilliant, a college graduate. I have a very high IQ. I'm extremely intelligent and a cultured gentleman. But, young man, you're supposed to write me these problems. Who can write? <laughs> Next, we have the naive, inexperienced young man going to call on his girl at her home. Gee, I always have trouble getting up enough courage to ring the doorbell. Madeline's such a refined, bashful girl. She'll never marry anybody. Well, I'll ring the bell. Come in! Hello? Gerald, how nice to see you. Isn't that box of candy for me? Yes, it is. A big five-pound box of candy. It's tutti fruity caramels with chocolate-covered cherry centers with marshmallow cream filling under the coconut. I'm sorry, they didn't have the fancy kind. <laughs> Come on, Gerald, sit down beside me on the sofa. Before you take a bite, Madeline, tonight you have to give me a kiss. Give you a kiss? Gerald, Lewis, I'll have you know I'm not that kind of a girl. But, Madeline... Goodness, somebody's at the door. You stay here on the sofa and I'll go see who it is. Hello, baby doll. How about a great big kiss? Poor guy doesn't know she's not that kind of a girl. <laughs> Well, let's sit down on the sofa, honey, and we'll pitch a little wool. Oops! <laughs> What's this I'm sitting on? Hey, where'd you get the totem pole? Hey, I'm no totem pole. And look here, Madeline, I got something to say to you. You won't even give me a kiss, and yet you let this fella come right in and throw his arms around you and kiss him as much as he wants. You think that's something? I'm in the wrong house. Look, kid, you're crowding us here on the sofa. Go on, scram, get out of here, and leave that box of chocolates where it is. All right, I'll go. 
You're sitting with my girl and now you're eating my candy. But I'll fix you. I'm going to turn out all the lights so you can't find the good pieces. <laughs> and then there's the little romantic scene that often occurs in Central Park. Dean plays the sailor. I play the girl. Well, here I am. I wish a handsome sailor would come along and whistle at me. Hiya, babe. Hello, sailor. Were you whistling at me? Yeah, I've been at sea quite a while, and you look pretty good to me. You think I'm beautiful, don't you? Are you kidding? I was at sea quite a while, but I wasn't born on the ship. <laughs> How can you say that? My friends think that I look like a movie star. Yeah, I see what they mean. Your hair, it reminds me of Linda Darnell, and your eyes remind me of Greer Garson. Your face reminds me of Lana Turner. How about my legs? My favorite, Wild Bill Elliott. <laughs> but I can't help it. I've been looking for some liquid stocking makeup, but I can't find the exact thing to match my legs. Yeah, it must be hard to find bow-legged bottles. <laughs> have you been a sailor long? I'll say I have. Matey, I'm a sea-going tar on the briny deep. Ah, oh, the salty spray on a four-masted schooner in the crow's nest. Swab the deck, scrape those barnacles Ahoy there, full speed ahead Anchors away Say, mister Yes? Are you for real? <laughs> for wasting time, let's start smooching How dare you try to kiss me? What are you hitting me for? I didn't even touch you I know, I'm just practicing <laughs> Oh, boy, look at this swell dish coming along the walk Hello, sailor Going my way? Swell dish? You call her a swell dish? What she got that I haven't got? Nothing, but you knocked with ten and she went gin. <laughs> don't tell me this dame is your girlfriend. Of course. I'm lovely. I'm engaged. I've had my mustache plucked. <laughs> I still like this beautiful blonde better. Oh, yeah? Sure, compared to you, she's Eve in the Garden of Eden. Okay, I'm Eve. Come on, Adam, let's get out of here. Oh, no, you don't. I got his arm, and he's staying here. Well, I got his other arm, and he's coming with me. Hey, you two, stop pulling. What do you know? We split the atom. <laughs> and finally, there's the lonesome young fellow who hasn't got a girlfriend and goes to the famous Roseland Dime Dance Hall. Well, here I am at Roseland. I wonder if there are any girls around here I can dance with. Yoo-hoo, lover boy. Would you like to dance with me, honey? Do I want to dance? Sure. How about a rumba? You know how to rumba? I'll say. I'm an exploit at it. Never took a lesson in my life, either. Yeah? How'd you learn? I got a bicycle with a loose seat. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. They're gonna start. We'd better get ready, huh? Yeah. Snuggle up a little closer, sweetie. How's this? Closer. Am I close enough now? I think so. You're behind me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Here we go. Here's my ticket. That'll be another ticket, bud. <laughs> another ticket? I didn't even get a hold of you. Well, give me another ticket, and this time grab quicker. Okay, here. Let's go. Who leads this band, Flash Gordon? <laughs> Come on, honey. The next one is a waltz. Give me another ticket. Hey, I think I'm getting swindled here. Hey, Mr. Orchestra Leader, what was that number? Cruising down a river. Well, let's cruise a little. I didn't even get a chance to get in the boat. <laughs> oh, quit beefing, honey bunch. Let's dance some more. Well, okay. <laughs> That'll be another ticket. Hey, now I'm sore. Bum! What number was that? The one o'clock jump. <laughs> What'd you do, set it back for daylight saving? If you don't shut up, wise guy, I'll bang you over the head with every instrument in my band. Oh, yeah? Let's see you try it. There, you happy? Yeah, I'm happy. At last, you played one number all the way through.
Martin and Lewis Show, transcribed in New York, is produced and directed by Robert L. Redd and written by Norman Sullivan, Dick McKnight, Ray Allen, and Chet Castellaw. Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis are soon to be seen in the Hal Wallace production, My Friend Irma. This is Ed Hurley. He's suggesting you tune in your NBC station each Sunday evening at the same hour for the Martin and Lewis Show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's the Martin and Lewis Show. The National Broadcasting Company brings you transcribed from New York, the Martin and Lewis Show. Our guest star tonight, Peter Laurie, and featuring Flo McMichael, Roger Price, Ed Hurley, he digs to be in his orchestra, and starring Dean Martin. I wish I knew the name of the girl in my dream, so I could change her name to mine. And Jerry Lewis. I wish I knew the name of the girl in my dream. Jerry. <laughs> All right, so I made a boom boom. Turns right into wrong, bright as the night brings happiness to me. Makes me luckier than throwing a seven Takes me nearer to heaven Than anyone's allowed to do When your heart is talking I feel like I'm walking on a cloud Someone like you someday I'll find Someone I can boast to Somebody to hug While a bug in the rug To snuggle up close to and whenever I do, do you know the who, who I'll give the most to? You pray on my mind, stay till I find someone like you. Someday I'll find someone I can boast to. Somebody to hug while a bug in the rug. To snuggle up close to And whenever I do Do you know the who Who I'll give the most to You pray on my mind Stay till I find Someone like you Dean and Jerry have just received an urgent message to see their manager, Speedy Smith, immediately. And right now, we find them walking down the hall of his office building in the heart of Broadway's theatrical district. All right, look, here we are in Speedy's office now. Before we go in, let me look at you. Well? Okay, I guess you're neat enough, but I sure wish you'd start putting on some weight. You're about the skinniest guy I ever saw. Look here, Dean Martin. I won't stand here and have you talk that way about me. I'll have you know I weigh 118 and three-quarter pounds. 118 and three-quarters... And that's with clothes on, huh? What do you weigh stripped? I don't know. I'm bashful. <laughs> now, stop picking on me about how skinny I am. Oh, I'm not picking on you. Now, if you were smart, you'd... Jerry, don't try to tell me how to be smart. Do I tell you how to be stupid? <laughs> What's to tell? Well, what are we standing here arguing for? Let's go in. Speedy's messy said it was urgent. Oh, yeah, let's go in. Oh, hello, Mr. Martin. Hello, Mr. Lewis. Well, hiya, Florence. So you're working for our manager today, huh? We're supposed to see Speedy right away, Florence, and it's, it's something important. Well, he's got another client in there now. But in the meantime, maybe you can help me with an awful problem. Speedy bought me this new filing cabinet today. What's your problem? I don't know where to plug it in. <laughs> 
plug it in. <laughs> Florence, you don't plug a filing cabinet in. <laughs> you wind it up. <laughs> Gee, Dean, listen in there. Speedy's sure balling out some client. Listen. And in my opinion, I don't blame the circus for wanting to fire you. You keep forgetting your act, and that's the first thing you're supposed to do. Don't forget anything. Now you got one more chance to get back there, and above all, don't forget anything. Gee, Dean, did you ever see such an unhappy-looking elephant? <laughs> ah, come on, let's go in and see what Speedy wants. Hello, Speedy. What's so important that you have to see us in such a hurry? Yeah, we rushed right over. I'll tell you in a minute, boys. Relax. Let's get our feet up in the desk. Come on, sit down. Okay. Okay. Ouch! Jerry, you're supposed to sit down first, then put your feet on the desk. <laughs> well, boys, I've done it. A big manufacturer phoned me a while ago. He likes your program and might sponsor. Now, I believe in you, boys. I've studied you. You got talent. Why, well, I know you backwards. Well, come around front sometime. We got talent on that side, too. Come on, now. Let's get down to business, boys. Let's get down to business. Look, I want you to go out and call on this man and convince him you've got the program he needs. Get his name and address from Florence and go see him right away. Okay, let's go, Jerry. Hey, Florence, will you give us the name and address of that big manufacturer who's thinking about sponsoring us? Oh, sure. I just filed it alphabetically. Alphabetically? Sure. You know, by numbers. What's the name and address? That's what we want you to find for us We want... You're kind of silly, Mr. Lewis You better watch out Or they'll put you in the bobby hatch Bobby hatch? Florence, it's not bobby hatch It's bobby hutch Florence, please get the name and the address You put in the file cabinet Oh, sure Well, let's see It could be... Uh... No... Well, maybe I... <laughs> That'd be silly. Or it might be... Oh, no. What are you trying to figure out, Florence? How to open the drawer. Here, Florence, I'll open it for you. There. Florence, will you please try to remember... My goodness, that's it. When you mentioned Bobby Hutch a while ago, I made a file for him, and I put the man's name in there. See, here it is, Mr. Price, 35 Waterbury Road. That must be his country estate. Well, thanks, Force. Come on, Jerry, let's hurry. We'll jump in the car and be there in a few minutes. Now, Jerry, watch what you say. This Mr. Price can certainly afford to sponsor us. Hey, look over there under the trees. That must be him swinging on the hammock. Yeah, and he must be as eccentric as Speedy said. Look how he's hanging on the bottom. <laughs> Say, you must be Mr. Price because we've heard how intelligent and distinguished you are. We're Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Well, well, where'd you boys come from? The stork brought us. <laughs> Jerry, that's not what Mr. Price meant. Oh, yes, it was. Say, I guess your manager told you that I'd like to sponsor you. Uh, what do you manufacture, Mr. Price? Well, it's my family's secret formula. I have the formula right here, secret C. I got it right here. X plus 2 over the square root of pi plus CN3HO4 times 3.677 equals Y. Yeah. What does the formula make? Orange marmalade. So that's your product, huh? Orange marmalade? Yes, it's wonderful. Made from 100% pure prunes. <laughs> Orange marmalade made out of prunes? I wish I knew what to call it. I got it. Strawberry preserves. <laughs> good, good, good. Mr. Price? Yes? Are you for real? <laughs> oh, Jerry, please excuse him, Mr. Price. And could we talk uh, with you about sponsoring our show? Uh, Mr. Lewis, who's this fellow with you? Oh, he's my partner, you know, Dean Martin. His singing is wonderful. I'm very interested in singers, Mr. Martin. My favorite is Bing Crosby. Don't you admire Bing Crosby? Who? 
You know, Dean, Bing Crosby, the man you imitate when you're trying to sound like Perry Como. <laughs> Gee, Mr. Price, it would be wonderful if you'd sponsor our radio show. Well, I will, if some changes are made. What? Change our show? Oh, no, we couldn't do that. Well, now, 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 don't be hasty. You see, I spend a lot of time studying and analyzing human beings. You study people, huh? People, too. Now, take the average man. Now, what is it the average man wants? An average woman. I like you. You're jerky. <laughs> Mr. Price, how about our radio program? Well, now as I see the picture, uh, you should do a mystery program. My wife insists on it. You see, my wife loves mysteries. My wife sits home every evening with her ear glued to the radio. There's no glue handy. She uses thumbtacks. But, Mr. Price, we do a comedy show with songs. Now, I'll tell you. If you'll do a mystery program, I'll sponsor your show. But, Mr. Price... My word is final. It's a mystery program or nothing. Well, Dean and Jerry were really discouraged about their chances of getting a sponsor until a few minutes ago, walking down Broadway. Dean! Look at that sign on the Paramount Theater. Hey, it reads that Peter Lorre opens here Wednesday. Say, if we only could... Don't say it. Cross your fingers. Let's try to find him. Well, this is it, Jerry. The Warwick Hotel. Yeah. Wouldn't it be swell if we could talk Peter Lorre into helping us out? Then we'd have our sponsor. I only hope we can get in to see Peter Lorre. He probably even never heard of us. Maybe not, Dean, but wait until he finds out that I'm a big fan of his. Gee, one time I took my girl to see Peter Lorre in a picture. He was so sinister and so menacing. When I came out, I had the creeps. Well, it must have been even worse on your girl. Nah, she was a creep to start with. <laughs> well, let's go in and see Mr. Lorre. Well, here's Peter Lorre's apartment. Ring the bell, Jerry. Jerry, what's the matter? Who's afraid? Oh, I'll do it. There. Dean. What? Let's go home. <laughs> Gee, Mr. Lorry'd never help a couple of nobodies like us. Oh, come on, brace up. Yes, what is it? I'm Dean Martin, and this is Jerry Lewis, and uh, we just got to go in and see Mr. Lorry. I'm sorry, I'm Mr. Lorry's personal secretary, and nobody can see him. Let me, let me handle this, Dean. I gotta be stern with her. Okay, good. Be stern. All right now, miss. You listen to me. Yes? Uh, um... What is it? Um, uh... Yes? Will you marry me? Do you really want to see Mr. Laurie enough that you'd propose? <laughs> Don't laugh. If we can be engaged... I'll give you my secret corn kicks ring with the plastic glass covered compass and the secret message sender and decoder and the patented paper scope with the atomic disintegrator attachment. Would you really give it to me? Sure, come on. Help me lift it out of the box. All right, Jay, that's enough. Look, miss, we got to talk to Mr. Lloyd about helping us out on our radio show. Oh, Mr. Martin, I love your singing. I admire your act so much. I'm the star of the act, miss. And your wonderful reviews, Mr. Martin. I'm his assistant. I'm Lewis. I'm on records, too. And the way the crowds come to see you at the Copacabana, Mr. Martin. I'm there, too, yep. Good old Jerry. I do a few tired funnies in between Dean's songs. And you're so appealing to women, Mr. Martin. Oh, I wish I was dead. <laughs> oh, I think you're kind of cute, too, Sonny. <laughs> Miss, are you sure that Mr. Lorry can't see us today? Well, you're taking a horrible chance. Mr. Lorry hates to be disturbed at tea time, and especially when he's so hungry. Well, thanks, but we'll take a chance. Mr. Lorry? Well, well, well. Mm. Oh. Two nice young ones. Come in. 
I hope we didn't disturb your cup of tea, Mr. Lorry. What are you drinking there? Green tea or orange pico? Oh, oh no, neither. <laughs> I have a weak stomach. It's arsenic. <laughs> you drink arsenic? Yes, uh, always when I can't get Drano, you know, Drano. Oh, now it comes, comes you know, six delicious flavors. Sure, strawberry, raspberry, orange, lemon, and bathtub. Now, uh, what was it you want to see me about? Well, I'll come right to the point, Mr. Lawyer. I'm mm. Dean Martin. This is my partner, Jerry Lewis. Uh, yeah. We'd like to have you come on our radio show and, uh, you know, do a mystery. Huh? You want me to come on your radio program and do a mystery? That's right. Isn't it mysterious enough already? Please, Mr. Laurie, we've got a great chance if you'll help us out. It means an awful lot to us. We can get a sponsor if you'll only say yes. Well, you see, I wouldn't mind helping you out, but uh, what would I do on your show? Oh, you know, play sinister characters like you do in your pictures when you're acting. Hmm, acting? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's silly. What makes you think I'm acting? No, no, I, I'm like that all the time. You're like the Peter Lorre you play on the screen? It's not just acting? It started all when I was a little boy. My mother, she used to make me wear Lord Fauntleroy suits and long golden hair curls. Oh, I was so cute, you know. Yes, I, I can still hear the people when they say, when I walk down the street on a Sunday morning, look, there goes that little rat who burned down the city hall. <laughs> Dean, I'm not happy. Let's go. No, no. No, you must stay. You, you must hear me out, you see. Well, my, my work in pictures has only aggravated my tendencies. You see, everyone has criminal traits. Everyone? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, just think, as a boy, didn't, didn't you have some bad habits? Not me. None at all? Nope. Oh, but now that I think of it... Yes? I did have one. Yes, you see, you see. What was it? Uh, did you go around scaring your little baby brother? Oh, no, worse than that. Yeah? What did you do? I used to sneak pussy willows into my room and pull their tails off. <laughs> uh, come on, please, let's be serious, boys. You came here seeking my help now, didn't you? Now, let's see, what, what can we get for you? Uh, oh, yes, well, it should be something nice and gruesome, shouldn't it? Uh, oh, I have it, my diary, huh? It tells of an incident which happened here in New York City several years ago. And, and you, Jerry, you, you remind me strangely of, of he who was my assistant. Long last, I've found a perfect criminal accomplice. For years, I've been looking for someone to hypnotize into committing my murders for me. Yes, he had to be somebody with no principles, no character, and a weak mind. <laughs> I trained him for weeks. Finally, finally, my stooge was ready for his new career. I put him under my spell. Come now, look into my eyes. There. You are now completely at the mercy of my will, aren't you? Yes, master. You are going out now to rob a bank. I will, master. And if necessary, you are going to kill. I'll do that, master. And even if you see some pretty girls, you won't mix with them. I won't mix, master. Now, now, what should I do, master? I want you now to take some TNT and go to the Chase National Bank and blow it up. He left me. I waited for an hour anxiously. This was his first job. Where is he? He should have been back long ago. Hello? Hello, master. Louis. Why, why aren't you here with the money? Did you blow up the bank like I said? Master, I made a terrible mistake. I accidentally dropped some taboo into the TNT. What happened? Now Chase National is going steady with Irving Trust. <laughs> and so it went, failure after failure, but I didn't give up. I, I needed Louis for this special job. And Louis, tonight is the payoff. Tonight at nine, I have a date with Mrs. Von Schuller, the owner of the Million Dollar Ming Necklace. Let's get started. What a surprise this is going to be for Mrs. Von Schuller. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Louis, here we are. Here we are, the Von Schuler Estate. Come on, we'll go in through the front door. I'll open it. All right, you're covered. Get your hands up, both of you. Higher, higher, higher. Please, my feet are off the floor now. <laughs> you, 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 Louis, you caused this, you clumsy, stupid, blundering idiot. I, I taught you everything I knew because I liked you. I fed you because I liked you. I made you what you are today because I liked you. But now, now, I, I hate you. All right, if that's the way you feel, take back your fraternity pin. <laughs> That was wonderful, Mr. Lawyer. We'll all do a mystery show together. Jerry, now we've got a sponsor. Oh, oh uh, wait, wait, just a minute, boys. There's a little detail. You see, I, I personally, I'm tired of all that horror stuff. I, you see, from now on, I, I want to be gay. I, uh, like a disc jockey. A disc jockey? Yeah. But if we're going to get a sponsor, we've got to have one of those gruesome programs. Oh, wait. Believe me, Jerry. Believe me. You know, Peter Laura is a disc jockey. It'll be pretty gruesome. <laughs> well, uh, the least we can do is try it. I'll tell you. You two cook up something while I knock off a number. Mr. Stabile, a little background, please. Couldn't happen again This is the once in a lifetime This is the thrill divine Oh, what's more This never happened Though I have prayed for a lifetime That such as you Would suddenly be mine Mine to hold As I'm holding you now and yet Never so near Mine to have When the now and the here Disappear What matters did or when This doesn't happen again We'll have this moment forever But never, never Very nice, Dean. All right, come on. While you were singing, Mr. Laurie and I got a terrific idea for a disc jockey program. The Sunshine Boys. This is the way our theme will go. You gotta keep smiling, 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 What did you drop out for? I forgot the words. Yes, folks, we're on the air, the Sunshine Boys, Dean, Jerry, and Pete. And now a short message from the makers of Sploop. <laughs> folks, have you tried Sploop? Sploop, the breakfast food that makes you wish it was lunchtime. Ah, <laughs> uh, and remember, folks, Sploop doesn't crackle, burst, pop, or explode. It makes no noise at all. But when you pour the cream over it, watch it, it bites. <laughs> 
Yes, and Sploop contains the new miracle vitamin, Flebo flavor. <laughs> it won't cure anything, it won't fix anything, and it won't make you feel any better. In fact, it even saps your energy, gives you that rundown feeling. <laughs> so next time, ask for Sploop, the breakfast food for people who don't want to be champions. <laughs> and now for our daily problem corner with Dr. Peter Laurie. Uh, uh, what is our problem today, Dean? Well, here's a letter picked at random. Dear doctor, I am a woman weighing 195 pounds. Mm-hmm. I, bought a, I bought a new girdle last week, and I get into it all right, but I have a terrible time taking it off. What should I do? Oh, well, that's easy. Just tell her to snap out of it. <laughs> a poem entitled, Mary, Mary, Quite Contrary, How Does Your Garden Grow? Vigoro? Next poem. <laughs> a little robin redbreast sat on my windowsill. He was a beam of sunlight as he sang his little trill. He sang so sweet and looked so gay, no one could ever hate him. He was nature's work of art. Gee, I'm sorry that I ate him. <laughs> well, folks, the next portion of the program is brought to you by the makers of Sludge Glow, the new shampoo for bald-headed men. It contains that new secret ingredient, hair. <laughs> get the large 150-gallon jar of Sludge Glow. When you get through with it, you simply fasten wheels on it and presto, it's a new Studebaker. <laughs> well, we have a request to sing that new hillbilly tune, Drop Dade, Little Darling, Drop Dade. Hit it, Dean. Drop Dade, Little Darling, Drop Dade. I need you like a hole in the head Get lost and get you gone I'm no longer your Don Juan Drop dead, little darling Drop dead Drop dead, little darling Drop dead I need you like a hole in the head You're like an awful dream And if you come back, I'll Drop dead, little darling, drop dead. Drop dead, little darling, drop dead. I need you like a hole in a head. I'll take your pure white neck and I'll break it too by heck. Drop dead, little darling, drop dead. Drop dead, little darling, drop dead. I need you like a hole in the head. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Get lost and get you gone. I'm no longer your darling one. Drop dead, little darling, drop dead. Thank you, Peter Laurie. You were wonderful. And uh, I hope we'll have the pleasure of working with you again soon. Oh, Jerry, stop crowding me. There's not room for both of us in this phone booth. I want to hear what Mr. Price says when you talk to him about how much money he's going to pay us for the show. Well, he hasn't even answered yet. Gosh, Dean, we're on our way. We got a sponsor just like Bob Hope and Bing and Fibber and all the big timers. Hello? Uh, Mr. Price, this is Dean Martin. Jerry and I are just calling to, uh, you know, set the salary for our show. Show? Sure, the one we just did for you. Wasn't Peter Laurie great? Wasn't it full of mystery and horror and suspense? Show? (laughs) Mr. Price, didn't you hear it? Uh, No, I didn't. The funniest thing happened, I couldn't listen. Had no radio. (laughs) You had no radio? No. My wife went shopping, and the radio was still glued to her ear. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bye. Bye. Well, Jerry, we got to keep punching. Even if we haven't got a sponsor, we still got the show. Yeah, Dean. See you next week. Bye. Bye. The Martin Lewis Show, transcribed in New York, is produced and directed by Robert L. Red and written by Ray Allen, Dick McKnight, Roger Price, and Sid Resnick. Peter Laurie will soon be seen in the Hal Wallace production, Rope of Sand. 
This is Ed Hurley suggesting you tune into your NBC station each Sunday evening at the same hour for the Martin and Lewis Show. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.